0: that kind of stuff on social media than was even available like when we were Gee, that look, age.
1: yeah just look at one just look at Instagram like yeah. the recommended pages it's like
0: yeah they're ridiculous and like, Instagram
1: doesn't even technically allow nudity you have to put a little emoji over it yeah over the very small pixel that is your nipple yeah <laughs> the rest is good
0: yeah
2: <laughs> the rest is
1: good <laughs> the rest is good
0: <laughs> yeah that stuff's like so easy to access now anyways That's why I don't want to do the technology segments anymore because they're too... (sighs) I get all gloomy doing them. What can can you do for
2: us instead, Daniel? Uh, What is your niche? The opposite of technology. You tell us about old old Something that's old-fashioned. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about uh, game sharks.
0: (laughs) Today, (laughs) carnival barkers. (laughs) (laughs) Step right up. We're going to learn about traditional wood joints. Okay. Yeah, carpentry.
2: Mm, yeah, you probably know a lot about that. I don't know if, how uh, interesting that would be. But
0: well, I well, mean...
2: How in-depth can you get? Are you an,
1: are you like a master carpenter?
0: I could do a, some quick searches and talk about... It would be difficult without a visual representation. So you're a, journey,
2: you're a journeyman? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Is that the step after Apprentice? Is that the...
1: Uh yes. Okay. Well, you're on your way. I think
2: so. Right. It's it's apprentice, journeyman, then master.
1: After you've been on your journeys, you're a master. Yeah. And then there's, there's... grandmaster, and then there's art wizard. And then there's yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then there's challenger. <laughs>
1: diamond three. I'm the diamond three carpenter. <laughs>
2: uh, a friend of mine just got the champ three in Rocket League, and. Really? Just now? Y- well, yeah. How long have they been playing? Since 2016.
0: I mean, no, been... I haven't even made it there and I've pathetic. been playing pathetic. I've
2: I've never got past champ 2. I've and never it's hard to hold on the to. Diamond. Really?
0: Yeah, it's just never that I was never that good. I got to the the best I've ever gotten was like the beginning of aerialing and being able to just okay, go up and is, hit the ball out of the not air. that's not diamond yeah that's that's, that's that's what i'm saying i've never right even now that's diamond. probably silver i'm yeah, sure there are people aerialing in silver right now that's like gold mm. silver somewhere around there oh
1: but i mean you probably stopped playing what three years ago
0: yeah i mean i, I it was like hit or miss like i, I would get on and play for like a couple of months and then something comes up and i'm i'm like not you have an actual life or you do actual things yeah no, i mean it's just uh, like the work hours the hours that i work are just stupid <laughs> so yeah. it's not that there's like all these extracurricular things that i'm involved in it's just I'm just working an How, absurd amount what kind what hours are you working like 10 to 12 hour days consistently five days a week most most weeks yeah five. so what time do you go in eight o'clock uh, I usually try to get there around 7, and then I'm leaving sometime like 7, 30, 8, try to work out, make dinner, and then it's... Are you, you salaried? Or no. Or are you getting paid hourly? I'm hourly right okay, now. Okay, that's good. So, so you're getting Jesus. overtime. Yes, yeah, so I'm getting overtime. Yeah. That's the that's the, the incentive. All
1: right. Well, what are you saving up for? Are you putting money away? Some, yeah. Are you spending it all on rent? What do you spend your money on after, Uh, let's see, 12 hours a day, five days... What is that? That's sixty hours, twenty hours of overtime every week.
0: Not not every week. Well, he said but ten to twelve hour days, so fifty but fifty to sixty. Some of them have been traveling, like going, like flying to see my girlfriend and stuff. Some of them have been where did your girlfriend trips? Uh, well, I went in January last Mm -hmm. year, um, and then like
2: she lives in Indiana. She lives in Missouri. She moves to
0: Texas this week. This next week, Monday, nice to Fort Worth. But not with you, not with me. What
2: is it with you and keeping your loved ones at a distance, Daniel? Can we dissect this a little bit? Uh Can we
0: psychoanalyze (laughs) these decisions? Starting to move closer.
1: (laughs) But this is like this is a real question. I liked. I want to ask a lot of adults, Mm -hmm. which is because I mean, if you put my life under a microscope, you'd say I don't have an adult job. I have like an entry level, like a kid's job. I mean, I work in in the service industry at basically an entry-level position that doesn't require any sort of special training. And, like, if I go to work on every single day that I'm supposed to, because my hours are infinitely flexible, I only Mm -hmm. work seven-hour shifts, and I can get off work whenever I want, literally whenever I want, Mm -hmm. for as long as I want, because there's so many people that are looking to work, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe I'll make, like, $50,000 a year.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Probably not. Probably, but I mean, that seems to me that I have so much more money than I need anyway. Mm -hmm. So my question to you is, as somebody who's working so much, do you enjoy the work that you do? (laughs) Do you feel like it's worth the time that you're putting in? I mean, that's like a pretty heavy question.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, are we recording right now? This is all all recording? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I can cut whatever Uh, you want. Yeah. Uh... No, I mean, there's like in the industry in, that I'm in, you have to do, there's like so many things you have to learn. So for me right now, a lot of my time is spent in drawings and learning how things are supposed to be drawn on paper and then gradually moving up to manage people and then manage a team so that not only are you managing people, but you're also managing your client and budgets and you're also managing the quality of the documents that you're producing for the building. So it's there's steps that are going off that are along the journey, and so this is a step that I'm trying to take the biggest bite out of and just move past it, mm-hmm. especially since I spent an extra couple of years in college. So I have peers that are a couple of years younger than me that are getting licensed and are now moving up their you know, register architects doesn't mean that they're actually like in a leadership position or something like that, right. but that's where i'm trying to get to that this year so i'm trying to bite off a lot of that and catch in a way sort of catch up so in my mind i'm working on this extra stuff these extra hours because i'm trying to digest as much of that as possible so but you you
2: know that no one cares about those couple extra years right that is that is very much uh yeah i
0: know
1: i'm just yeah it's a
0: psychological thing thing.
2: um
1: do you feel like you have enough money for what you want to
2: do
0: um yeah yeah i mean i would have I would apply it a little bit differently. I don't have to travel as much this year to go see my girlfriend since she's here. A lot of that was like when you're in a long-distance relationship and you're 10 hours away. What we were doing was we were like flying to cities to spend the weekends together. Like I was flying there. She was flying to Dallas. So I thought it was like a
2: destination thing. Like you guys were flying like somewhere else, a a third city.
0: We did that a couple times. That's pretty cool. We did did our our ski trip was that way in Arizona. And then we did that in Arkansas, which was we both drove, um, so different ways like that. But taking a trip every month is, I mean, depending on where you go and how you do it, can be a pretty large chunk of change. And then I'm also trying to, like, pay off my vehicle and And pay off my student loans. And then, you know, being uh, in an apartment alone, I'm paying for my full rent and utilities and everything. Mm. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of... A lot of stuff going on there, so I kind of like that
2: we get to talk because I think each one of us is in a uh, a completely unique situation economically, fiscally, from each other. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's interesting. Like I similar but different. Similar but different. Yeah. yeah like I don't know. I guess you, do you still have student loans or no? Three thousand dollars. Okay. So all I s- got left. That's not
1: too <laughs> bad. yeah, that coming up. Three thousand dollars for nothing. I went to school for two years and I have no. Certification just took a bunch of basic classes that I'm sure are about to like expire in
2: usefulness I don't know, but sometimes they do sometimes they don't
1: basically I took two years of basic classes in order to prepare myself for going into whatever Great future I had ahead of me in whatever major that I was going to choose and then I just said no.
2: Thank you Yeah, I I totally I get it.
0: There's it's so difficult in hindsight, I mean, I'd really just got like my parents would absolutely not accept me not going to college, and like just sort of ended up finding I thought I wanted to be in engineering, and then in two years of that, and seemed like it was kind of like what you did, and then I was like just stumbled into architecture and ended up finding out that that was a lot of ways that I could I enjoyed that and like the problem solving aspect of it but it wasn't anything that I like I was never a kid and I was like holy shit I love buildings I want to make buildings you know <laughs> it, I, it I liked like the Legos I always like yeah. solving problems
2: right and that's what really surprised me about your choice to become an architect or just yeah. an engineer I was equally surprised I was like well, this is I so I grew up with this kid for 12 14 years before this I never saw an inkling of, of yeah of interest in this area but. yeah
0: I feel like we've we've kind of been on this topic before too because it's interesting because college is really just networking and it yeah. points you in the right direction of information all that information is so accessible like architecture you can go and like the major college taught me networking and politics and budgeting my time and things like that yeah it didn't prepare me for my actual job because oh, I feel like you're
1: learning right now on the job you're I'm basically learning being every trained. day yeah I
0: so I've I'm which what
2: a culture shock to like get into the position at, at, for the first time and be like I thought I was supposed to know how to do this not have to figure it out right now like wasn't college to get me to be able to do this job like that must feel so weird.
0: Yeah, I mean I imagine I imagine like if I went post- to school syndrome. for a law degree, they teach you all the different laws and then you go to a law firm and you apply those and you sort of sort of learn how that works in practice. In architecture, they teach you how to think in school and then you go into the real world And all of a sudden you're dealing with budgets and clients and team members that don't like people like there's all these extra things that school is its own animal. Right. The real world is its own thing. And then the six exams that we have to take are some weird hybrid of those. (laughs) And then a third thing in their own. So it's yeah, I really it's complicated. I I really think that
2: that college is is there to keep your brain from dying. Because as someone who didn't go, I only went for a semester. Mm-hmm. I really felt like I atrophied pretty hard for like the next few years. Where whereas you two were still in school, still constantly learning, you were mm-hmm. you had to learn because that was your job. Your job was to actually grow and still maintain. And I was just working in a warehouse. I I knew a, a very few set of things, and I didn't. Uh, I feel like it was that that is the the single thing that I regret the most about not going to college is just like, I feel like I missed out on, um, a prime time in my life for my, my brain to really develop and to really learn Mm -hmm. things that'll stay with me for a long time. Um, but you know, it's, I I disagree completely. Really?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I think think that in, in college I learned nothing because I was directionless. I mean, this is just me personally, Mm -hmm. but I've learned so much more in eight years of just working. And working in a restaurant then I learned in two full years of college and that's because I wasn't I didn't want to learn anything in college it was bullshit it felt like I was still in high school yeah yeah Yeah. it was it was it was like I'm waking up and I don't want to go to class and I don't want to do my homework and I don't want to talk to my teacher I don't want to do any of this why am I here yeah this this is this is
0: That's really interesting. Well, the problem with the education system in general is that people are so different and it tries to box everyone in and then, you know, like standardized tests are bullshit. There's all these other things and, I mean, that's a whole – I mean, you could do an entire season of (laughs) topics on on how to improve education and things like that because people are so different and, you know, people learn in all these different ways and school just tries to – like yeah, hammer you into place, which is completely tries like- to, to streamline it for
2: sure. Which well, is which is not how humans operate, but but I do think I don't know. I it's it's the grass is always greener. It always seemed to me like you guys, just in general, like Dylan, you Lee, when you were in school, it just you had you had this other thing that was keeping you going. You had this other thing that was entertaining you, and I just like. Maybe it was a lack of motivation, but I just felt like whenever I came home, I was just like, Mm -hmm. I've got these like couples. I've got a guitar I can play around with. You know, like I just there was there was no other stimulus for me.
1: Oddly enough, it's only after I've gotten a little bit older. I mean, I'm not old, but that I learned that those moments of time to yourself where you... I used to come home and think like, well, why do I only... Why are these the three things I can do? Play video games, fuck around on a guitar, or like masturbate a lot. And it's like, those are the moments that... Why do we want to have a successful career and have a lot of money outside of like uh, ambition or some odd reason? Like, I don't know, just wanting to seem better than your peers, wanting people to look at you and be jealous because... We want to relax with the things that we want right so for some people the things that they want as a family or Mm -hmm. maybe you just want a big house i don't know maybe you want to take a bunch of skiing trips or maybe what you want is to play video games fuck around on a guitar and masturbate a lot it's it's like very personal and that's why we're doing what we're doing individually outside of like Are we doing what we're doing to further humanity? Do you feel like in your job position because you went to school you are now like a cog in the great machine of humanity? That's like pushing us forward to some better future like the greater good because I sure don't feel like that I think that I make people happy on a daily basis because of what my job is Mm. but I don't think that I'm Enhancing the human experience in any way shape or form
0: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a mighty burden that would. That's a. I mean, I think everyone wants to feel like they're. You want to feel like you're contributing to it. Yeah. The I what so what I've seen in the in my professional world, there's sort of like this bottleneck with boomers and older people that I, I don't want to say like won't get the fuck out of the way, but it's like they need to. From what I've seen, there needs to be more. Starting to to hand the baton, to pass the torch, and then to you know bow out gracefully that you've done your part, and then now we need to we need to start like the millennials, people our age, need to start taking over and working our way way through the architecture industry. Got hit really badly by the 2008 recession, and so a lot of the middle there's like pretty much there's not a lot of guys that are between my age let's say like low 30s to upper 40s. The majority of my peers are my age or younger or they're really older guys. Is it because
2: those people that would be in their 30s now or whatever lost their jobs at that point? Or is it just that there was an aversion to going into the architectural practice?
0: my, My, the firm that I'm at in particular is not, I think they weathered the recession a lot better than some of their other competitors. Um, but from what I've heard and from the people that I've talked to that have been at other firms, that seems to be um, part of the architectural thing. So I, there's a lot of older guys that are very happy. They're making a lot of money and they're doing things the way that they did things 20 years ago. So you would think that like an architecture firm that's in education is wanting to make sustainable schools and is really focused on improving you know, the world of education and everything like that but everything is driven financially. So if you have school districts around the state of Texas and they pass a bond and they want a $60 million high school football stadium, then there's money there. Somebody's gonna go and build that $60 million right. football stadium. And give it's, a, it's $60 million, that's part of the fee for the architect. Well, so you like ideally you get a percentage of that. So right, so it, I mean, you would get maybe 10% if you're... It's like realty. Yeah. So the architectural fee might be, let's say on a $60 million football stadium, let's say it's 5%. And then you know your general contractor, their percentage is a little bit higher because they're facilitating the construction of it. So they're getting seven or 8% of that. And you know everybody wants to maximize their slice of the pie, but I don't know.
1: Everything's financially driven. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's kind of what I was getting at in, why are you doing what you're doing? Is it so you can have money? Or is it, because yes, it is. Like, Would I go to work every day if I had the money anyway? I doubt it. I really doubt it. Like, I'm not sure.
2: That's an interesting question. I
1: don't know about myself personally, because obviously I don't have that situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if I was going to get the same money, whether I went to work or not, what would I do with my time? Would I go to work? And I think the answer is no. I wouldn't
2: yeah do you think that would be worse though because i mean in that way would you become reclusive do you think that that's a standard like option that people would take well i
1: don't know that that's again another like a personal question that's kind of selfish from my point of view is is okay i have the money and would well how would it affect me if i didn't Mm -hmm. go to work that's like a selfish way to look at it it's more like how would i feel or even then how would the rest of the world react to? people being a non-contributing member of society. yeah, Whatever you think <clears throat> that that means.
2: I mean, the this, this standardized living stipend, whatever it's called, the, the thing where they would just, the government would give you a certain amount of allowance per month to live, right? Um, I think Denmark is doing it. There's some Norwegian country that's doing it, but is is cool and it's a really fun idea, but it, it does beg the question of like, what happens when you don't need to work? What do you do, and and does that mean that society is broken? Because because so, some people need to work. By the way, I mean there there has to be like for yeah. the for whatever the machine
1: is now that's operating to keep everything running, mm-hmm. there are people involved at every step, and they have to be there. Or but like if I don't go into my restaurant job because I have the money anyway, mm-hmm. the restaurant is down a bartender, which yeah. is. Like that's one consequence, but there's no greater consequence.
0: Yeah, I mean, I in in that situation, I would just imagine that you're not <laughs> having to go into work, but you're still going and you're going out into the city with friends, or you're, you know, you're doing something where so you're, I'm stimulating the economy. You're still, yeah, you're still out, <laughs> you know, doing your own part. I mean, you have like no matter wherever we go, you we create some sort of ripple effect how we move through society and the economy and everything like that so
2: imagine it would just be a different effect it wouldn't be i I always like to think it would it would open up the creative part of the economy it it would allow people who um who are otherwise working too much to actually really sit down and do whatever their creative thing is whatever their artistic thing is Mm -hmm. um to actually do that thing and be able to do it well and feel like i don't know feel fulfilled
0: yeah i think it would be healthier too
2: I uh, I would say that now,
1: <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of artists out there that I'm sure don't have enough time to create what they want, but I think we have so many ways to waste time now. Yeah. So many ways to waste time. Yeah. And at our fingertips constantly, just like I could play a video game for six hours in a row and be like, oh, time for bed now. Better. I'm gonna do the same thing right. tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, you, there are uh, millions of hours of unwatched TV and movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally millions. Just of hours. binged six episodes just, of The
2: Witcher yesterday. Yeah. No, just, two days ago.
1: Just ate a whole pizza and sat on my couch <laughs> for four hours. <laughs> I just mean that is not that's like not unusual. It sounds like a right. joke, but that happens no. every day. No, for sure. And I mean, not to me every day. No.
2: no. <laughs> Some days it does, but. <laughs> So, but that's the thing is, is that inherently bad? I I don't think that there's an answer. I really don't. I really don't think that as long as things, as I say things, as long as the world keeps turning, keeps spinning, and people are still getting what they need to survive and everyone is okay, I don't think that people wasting their time is inherently negative. Like, what is it? What is it? Like the stupid John Lennon quote is like, time enjoyed wasting is not wasted time.
1: I mean, that depends on what you think when you say... As long as everyone is okay, that's like... Yeah, no, yeah. I, I guess I'm thinking... I'm, yes, yeah, you're right. It's um, all relative I mean, here.
0: Yeah, it just seems so unhealthy. Like, the way that like people are spending so much time in, in games and social media, they're designed to keep you there. I don't know, because some people, I think, would say it sounds so unhealthy to work 60-hour weeks every week. Oh, I would, don't want I, to. I wholeheartedly yeah, it's, agree. It's so unnatural <laughs> it's for a human being to sit in front of or, a computer but, screen for 60 hours a week. Did you know that... Um, God, I can't
1: remember. I read it. It was on Reddit. Uh, maybe it was Japan, somewhere. Decided to go to a four-day work week instead of a five-day work week, and productivity increased. Like once again, this is an isolated study, but mm-hmm. productivity increased greatly
2: yeah. when they cut
1: work hours, as opposed to yeah. Well, I, don't, the work. I don't think
2: they cut work hours. I think it was four tens instead of five eights. Oh, I just mean
1: because I feel that every time I come back to work after a break after a, a vacation or after like I don't know just any sort of extended time off I come back to work I feel fresh faced I feel ready to go and I feel motivated why is that
2: cuz it's change right I don't know I mean if you do the same thing over and over that's why that's why we don't order a pizza and watch the Witcher for 6 hours every day that's because if you did that it would get it would get rote it would get monotonous and it would get boring and you start feeling unhealthy
1: like say daniel i'm using you as an example and your situation is not even Mm -hmm. that extreme because it seems like you're opting into this as opposed Mm -hmm. unless i don't know maybe because you're getting something out of it but uh you get to work at seven and don't get off until seven what does the rest of your night look like
0: it's it's like uh usually i'll try to work out right after that and then i'm making dinner and then i'm you know on the phone or You know, trying to watch some TV, like decompress a little bit. So hour workout, hour dinner, waste time, go to bed. Maybe read or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And then wake up and do it all over again. Do you feel
1: stressed out in those last three hours of your day to like try to be productive?
0: No. So typically I'll try to work the majority of my week. I usually try to take like a half day on Friday if I can. And I'm trying to knock out uh, errands and stuff like that. But, I mean it sounds like to me
1: that there's you got a lot on your plate.
0: Yeah, I mean again, I'm 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 opting in for some of that. The the architecture model is somewhat outdated, it seems, as is education in America and things like that. There's a lot of stuff that needs to catch up with the times, so to speak, but where I'm at it's like hours worked equates to You know, the balls pushed that farther upfield, you know, we're we're that much further along. The more
1: you work, then the the better you're doing.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you keep it in very simple, which isn't necessarily true, right? Because the more you work, the less productive you become because you're starting to get burned out and there's fatigue and all these other things that aren't getting factored into that. But, you know, so we've had there's been people that have been fired because they're starting to figure out that people are saying they're working all these hours and they're reaping the benefits of it, but they're not actually working those hours or. You know they've lost their productivity and they're not actually so um, I don't know if that I, I just mean <laughs> like it's, I so often if I'm working a lot
1: and I never really work that much I just don't because I know I don't like it mm. and I know that I'll get tired of it and I'll start to resent going into work which is not something I want to feel I want to feel like I want to be at work mm. if I'm working a lot on a day off following whatever however long I've worked I'll wake up and I'll feel so overwhelmed with the amount of possibility that I have for my hours off that I'll decide to do none of it. Hmm. And that may be like an ADHD thing of like, I can't, I literally can't decide what to do. Like I wake up and I feel so stressed out, so so much more stressed out than I would on a work day where like I had a purpose, right? Hmm. Like I had somewhere I had to be, I had to do, do XX and X before. I get to work. Mm-hmm. So I have like a schedule, right? I wake up on a day off where I don't have anything planned. And I think, well, I could do one of these 65 million things. Mm-hmm. And I can't pick between them because if I choose to do this thing, then I'm not doing that thing. And if I choose to do that thing, then I can't work on this thing. And it ends up just all turning back in on itself. And sometimes I just stay in bed. I'm like, well, why not just do none of it? Right. And I feel like that is not, that's like, why does it stress me out to have free time? Because you don't always have free time. It's it's because I feel like I should be doing something with it. Yeah. It's because I want to feel productive, but I don't know how. Yeah. Unless I'm at work, because work gives me the opportunity to be productive mm-hmm. in some small way. That seems broken. Right?
0: Yeah. I mean, it just sounds like you need to introduce some hobbies or something, because then it's like <laughs> it's like. If you really get into water skiing, then you're like, all right, now I need to get a boat so I can do my water ski things and I need to buy water skis and my these, this, the, I need to go buy a rope for the but, thing. Like, but it, in not, my mind, it's you're not I,
2: devoid of hobbies though. I
1: mean, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Is I've, I, yeah, ha, I have stuff, done
2: that. He's got plenty of stuff to I mean, do. I mean, yeah, it's, I, I right. bought, I have all this
1: musical equipment. I bought that drum pad in there. I have my PC that I could do whatever I want on. I could learn how to code. I could learn how to do whatever I want. I learned how to develop an app. I could learn how to design. Uh, websites. I could literally walk out the door and go to one of ten thousand classes about anything,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and yet, yeah. just need to <laughs> just need to throw a dart at one and s- see where it lands and pursue it.
1: Right. So focus on something. But
2: but, th- but that it, maybe that, gives me a purpose outside of work. But, but th- that's a whoa. that's a bandaid on a bullet wound though, because you're not whoa. you're still not solving the problem. You're not well, you're not causing you're not you're, you're not solving the root issue, which is that the reason in my opinion you might feel that kind of anxiety is because your free time is so limited that it becomes so valuable that you don't want to fuck it up
1: that you basically yeah you don't want to right. do poorly during your uh, hours yeah. where nobody's yeah. even evaluating you and then you get so overwhelmed
0: by that that you do absolutely nothing and squander the whole thing
1: yeah
2: which again i don't think i mean i think there's all, days
0: like that for it, sure but
2: yeah yeah it's it's optics so i don't i would never judge someone for the way that they spend their free time as long as they're not hurting anyone or themselves um but if you feel badly about it then there has to be some way of changing it there has to be some way of of getting a handle on on how to maximize not only your not only the, the time itself but also your like fulfillment out of it right You you find small things that give
1: you that activate the rewards center of your brain. Right, yeah. That cause you to have... See, I've found... Now, I have a tendency to sleep in because I work nights. And I know this about myself, and it happens all the time anyway. And I think, okay, I should get out of bed now. It's 10 a.m. And then I think, oh, I should get out of bed now. It's 11 a.m. But I don't want to. And then I think, oh, just go, go until whenever it is that I wake up. And every time I do that, I know I'm going to have a bad day if I get out of bed late. Because I don't feel like I was, I feel like I wasted the time. Even though sleep is exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to continue sleeping above all else, clearly, mm. because that's what I did, mm-hmm. right? That's the decision I made. Mm-hmm. But I found that if I get out of bed against my own will early and go anywhere outside the house, literally anywhere, mm-hmm. walk to the gas station, doesn't matter, just talk to another human soul for like one second, then I will have a productive day. I will be in a better mood and I will get things done. Like it could be things like chores or it could be errands or it could be like, I don't know, maybe I'll go somewhere that I wanted to go for a long time and putting off. Mm-hmm. But what motivates me, I know, is waking up early and doing something. So, And yet I'd never do it. I never well, fucking do well, that. that's <laughs> what
0: I was so that's what I was going to ask I was going to be like on those days when you're laying in bed and you can't decide what you want to do have you ever just like tried to get up and go for a walk or go for a run or something but it
1: feels so backwards because I'm arguing with myself right because yeah. my like
2: 90% of my brain is like no 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 turn, turn that, that alarm off I, uh, get get your head back down what the fuck are you doing <laughs> I found that it's it's extremely valuable to have a partner in scenarios like that someone who can Someone who you can express that this is part of you, like this is what you do, this is something that happens, and then they can help you actually like mitigate yeah having those types of days. Well, feels Christy like does that for yeah. me all the time.
1: It feels like I'm like if I say to my partner like, Hey, sometimes I'm not gonna want to get out of bed, I need you to get me out of bed that's putting them in a weird, awkward position for me i feel like i'm asking them to be like my mom trying to wake no, up. For school, no 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 like no. i said that like, I would end up yeah, getting shoved yeah, out yeah, of bed and it's, and it's not <laughs> yeah see the but that's
2: it's it's all again it's all about optics it's all about how you approach it right it's not it, it if you say hey there are going to be some days that i probably don't want to get out of bed and it's not your fault it has nothing to do with you i just need you to talk to me and just like I just, I just need you to, to maybe schedule something for Saturday or whatever, because I know that's gonna be a day I have off and I know that this is gonna be a long week and it, it, there's a high probability that I'm gonna be tired and maybe not want to do something and it's gonna ruin the day. I do agree with you that
1: a, a schedule helps.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: anything, like even if it's a dentist appointment, if I have something that I have to get up and do, I will do it. I mm-hmm. won't miss appointments, I won't skip things that yeah. I know are unskippable. I would skip class because I learned that it was skippable. Yeah. That I could still succeed at least to the level that I preferred mm-hmm. by just literally not going to class. Mm-hmm. Just saying, fuck it. I'm going to do whatever I want instead. Um, and that feels behavioral. I know that I can't skip work. I just can't. It's yeah. not an option. So, I will get out of bed and do it. Mm-hmm. I know that I can't skip appointments with friends, or I just can't. That's just not what I do. I just, yep. but I think you're right. It helps to have another person involved because then it feels like, because I will skip things that I want to do, yeah. I will overrule myself, mm-hmm. but I won't cause harm to somebody else. Right. Right. So, I will say, well, today I was going to get out of bed and I was going to ride my bike to wherever and buy this new thing that I wanted. And I'll just wake up and be like, actually, nah. (laughs) Because the the only person affected by that is me. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I see that. But if somebody else is coming with me, you better believe I'll be out of bed and I'll be ready to go. It's a mark of a good
2: person. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) Yeah, so completely. I I, I don't know why I just thought of this, but you said um, your partner, Daniel, is moving to Fort
0: Worth. Mm -hmm. How far away is that from Plano again? Isn't it the other side of town? 45 minutes without traffic, with light traffic.
2: I mean, that's better than a different state, I
1: suppose. Yeah, it's better than
0: like 10 and a half hours away. That's way better. Yeah. Yeah. But uh,
1: maybe it's way worse because now you have to spend an hour in traffic, like a lot. Yeah. Two hours in traffic. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But, well, I mean, I mean it's it, not going to be. It would be more likely that I'm going to end up like going over to Fort Worth and being there for the weekend, or vice versa. Or right, like right. and It's not going to be like I'm going to drive over there, be there for an hour, and then drive an hour after back. work one
2: yeah. day in the week. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Is she is she continuing school or is she getting a job?
0: It's internships, internships, with, uh, hospitals up there. That's right. So, yeah, it's
1: not.
2: I mean, internships are a joke.
0: Out well, outplacements or whatever you want to call them, is she where she's getting shadowing paid for it? with. I believe so. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, in, the connotation to internship yeah. is usually...
1: Unpaid d- internships without, are BS for it, the most part. I think
2: they're illegal. I don't really understand
0: them. They're not illegal.
1: They're in fact, Austin is number one of the number one cities in the country for un- <laughs> unpaid internship rates. It's so it's so fucked. Like, what are you... Dylan's not getting paid for
2: margin one I know, and I swear to God, it can't be legal. I don't understand how that's possible.
0: It, you literally do work for somebody, and they're not paying you. Yeah, I mean, it's because you're putting it in your portfolio. You're getting or paid in exposure. That's not anything. Or something <laughs> that something that you can put on your resume. There's a lot of like major architecture firms that, like, really famous ones, and you're just happy that you're working for a set right. architect at that firm I'm, because I'm you get to put it that on your are, resume. I'm not saying that they're a bad idea. For, from the, the, They're awful. The employee. They're awful. No, no,
2: no. From the employee perspective, I'm saying that it's it's a necessary evil sometimes. I'm saying I don't get how legally a company can get you to do work for them without paying them. Because, because you're Because you're willing to do it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Because people are willing to do it. They're not imposing It's you. exactly what he's saying. Where it's like... You're, ben- you're benefiting from them. Yeah. So you're volunteering for Let's them. Let's say that I'm trying to be an actor. It's crazy. And like, I don't know, Gilbert Gottfried comes into town... And says hey I'm putting on this thing I want you to be in it but I'm not gonna pay you I can guarantee you I'd be I, like yes of I will be in your thing Gilbert Godfrey. of course you thank could. you for giving me the opportunity to do work for you for free yeah because this is like this is big for me I
3: <laughs> <laughs> so- I
2: I, I get it. I get. That's what I'm saying. I side with the person who's 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 volunteering their time.
3: uh, Imagine
1: John Frusciante comes up to you and says, "Richie, I want you to be my guitar tech for just this like small tour I'm doing, but I'm not going to pay you." What would you say? Fuck yes! I say, oh my god! I will literally drop everything. I will fucking sell my house and break up with the girlfriend I just bought. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but it's the same idea, just obviously in a different. Dylan, I assume, was very excited to be considered. It feels like validation. Like, it's just like, ooh, like, they're willing to accept me even. Like, I have the skills required. I am good enough at whatever to...
0: You're absolutely right, 100%. I I so I have no idea what y'all are referencing here. Dylan worked He's for Margin
2: him. Walker for um well he did he did an internship through them for about three months. Margin Walker is a is a booking company for okay. central for Central Texas and some of oh, the surrounding okay. areas. So they do they 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 have exclusive deals with places like Paper Tiger in San Antonio Mohawk, mm-hmm. um just random venues. I think Barracuda. Um, oh, so that's why they, he was doing some stuff for. He was uh-huh. basically Mohawk doing stuff. design for yep. them, designing Posters, posters yeah yeah i so, think
1: i haven't talked to him a lot about
2: it yeah yeah um some of it's on instagram so you can go check it out and anyone who's listening can go check it out too at dylan <laughs> underscore etc i think is his it's handle d-y-l-n yeah um but he he just did a, he did a bunch of cool posters for them mm-hmm. um and got to talk to the the people who are actually paid designers for march and walker and then mm-hmm. i i honestly think he got a bunch of cool connections and Another I mean, value of another is, benefit, yeah.
3: which I, is. I, I, it, oh,
2: I feel so dirty yeah. talking like this. I'm like talking it up, but it just and Margin Walker is probably a great company. I'm not shitting on it. I'm just I, I hate the practice of un, unpaid internships, but yeah. but he did get a bunch of perks. Um, he would he was allowed to go see like uh, ooh uh, Angel Olsen during uh, ACL
3: because
2: mm-hmm. she um, like her after show or whatever. Her and I think Devendra Bonhart played at Stubbs and he just got it for free. Um, I think he got into some. Mo- I think he maybe got to see Whitney at Mohawk for free, or maybe that was through Bolden. I'm not sure. But you you, you touched on this,
1: Daniel, earlier when you said college t- <clears throat> um, gave you contacts mm-hmm. or allowed you to. Another word that I really don't like, but network. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you hear, uh, it's not what you know, but who you know, constantly. Which is why it seems like people like children from successful families often are successful independently mm-hmm. And you could say, well, it's because they're set up for success based on who their parents know yeah. Of who they grew up alongside, etc. social
0: capital, right? I but it's absolutely that. true.
1: Is, is If somebody wants to hire you, then they will, right? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I would... I know so many people because of my job. Because people come into Bolden... Bolden's kind of in a wealthy neighborhood and it's just like, it's just a center point for so many people. And there's so many people that like me. So many people that I would never be associated with otherwise. So many successful professionals in XYZ profession, doesn't matter. I think I could have so much more luck. Literally asking customers at Bolden, hey, do you have a job for me? Rather than trying to basically go through school, spend all this money. Mm-hmm. To get the same effect, which is well, to you get to get people to, to acknowledge that I'm going to be uh, a solid employee and whatever. Now, obviously, this is like school also teaches you technical
2: knowledge. Yeah, and also you have a certain set of skills that make you a, a silver-tongued fox. You know, you got you can kind of like you have your char- uh, charisma to help you. Um, yeah, but I've done I've done nothing with it. Nothing at all. That's not true. You you oh you just said all these people like you. And it's, they it's, like me, but yeah. I
1: I have not tried at all to. Oh I see. Like Hardness. I'm, I'm not a salesman. You know why I talk to these people and get them to like me? Because it makes me feel good if they like me, and that's literally what I'm getting out of it, which is like ooh they like me, cool. Mm-hmm. That's also like they, they might tip you well. Validate yeah, yeah. and it, it's yeah. A, it's all about like little little
2: pieces of validation that keep me moving. Yeah. Right. But I guess my point was not everyone has that, so this is not a tried and true way of circumventing the school system. Like right. not not everyone could do what you do and do it as well to get the same level of connections. You know what I mean? I just feel like like you could meet somebody at at Taco Bell
1: tomorrow mm-hmm. in the parking lot, and they would if they operate a business, they might be like, "Hey, you want a job?" But that, I mean that's pure luck. That's like that's talking about winning the lottery.
0: Yeah. But I mean, if you're a business owner and you care so much about your business, you're not just going to go and like hand out jobs to random people. You need people to demonstrate that they have a value that they're bringing to your company. So really, I I think, you know, in addition to some of the points made earlier, college, when you you have that degree, then it, it sort of validates that you Demonstrate value that you can, it, that's it, part of the dentist system. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Because of the implications the, uh, But but it's sort of like this stamp that's like yes This person can do these things that they're saying they're doing because if not then like you might meet somebody like you're saying and you, they might, you know, have this business or whatever and have opportunities for you that you could totally do that job. But if they don't know that you have the skills or whatever, you have to be able to demonstrate that through some other way. No one's just going to be like, hey, I've got a job. At I mean, maybe that could happen, but I feel like that's a pretty rare thing, especially if they don't know that you're looking to, you know, jump ship or go. Well, that's what I'm saying is, I, is I have like that. to
1: sidestep my way into it and actually ask people like, hey, yeah. what do you do? Yeah. Hey, you've seen that I'm good at my job here, right? Well, like,
0: yeah. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Or, I mean, any unpaid internships?
0: (laughs) it, It could be something, too, where it's like you're really interested. You talk to them and you find out that they have like a graphic design thing, and you're like, oh, I'm really interested. Could I come by sometime and see what you guys do just on a day that you have off or whatever? And maybe you go by and they give you a free tour of their office or something. And then, you know, you go home and you work on stuff and then you have a portfolio that you can bring in or you something like that. You steal some like, stuff
1: from their office. Yes,
0: so you
1: have to come back in and say, hey, I found this MacBook at my house. Do y'all want it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it seems like you guys might want this.
2: <laughs> I haven't been able to get in yet. It just requires John's no. password, it, but
0: it's just, <laughs> it, that's, I mean, like $1,500, i
1: will give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you
2: blackmailing me? <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, but
1: on a serious note. Yeah. Basically, it's all luck, right? <clears throat> Maybe or hard yeah. work in combination with, what do they say? Luck is where hard hard work meets opportunity. There yeah. it is. Yeah, we're like you've prepared Pre- yourself for the opportunity, opportunity. Yes. to be yes.
2: lucky. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. 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 Like, or that's, yeah, for success or whatever. That's do
1: you guys feel like there's a time in your life where you literally just got lucky? And you can't, you just like, you were in disbelief at how lucky you're, and like, it seems like it's not real. Yes, definitely. There's been times like Getting, that. Yeah. Getting my job was that way. Yeah, it feels like, why are, like, when things like that happened to me, it happened to me at the beginning of my current relationship. Where I'm like, like, for a few weeks, or even longer, I was like, this feels like it's fake. Like, you know, like this is just me doubting myself, but it's it's in any scenario where somebody else's re- approval is acqui- is required for what I'm doing, right? So it maybe it's a lack of self-esteem. I don't know. But like for a long time, I'm just like, well, things are going really well. <laughs> <laughs> suspicious. Yeah, this is suspicious. Yeah. Why? This is suspect. I'm not sure. Like this doesn't really happen to me so like why is it continuing to happen yeah
2: and have you have you found that (laughs) that uh self uh self-doubt or lack of self-confidence is often masked by like pseudo realism like considering yourself to be a realist i don't know because that's i think that's how i do it personally is I, i i see something and i'm like realistically this would never happen you know that's why i don't think but i think that that does come from a place of That does come from a place of self doubt, and it's just masquerading as me trying to be logical. Is it's rationalizing? I'm constantly surprised that people are nice to me
1: all the time, like strangers in any scenario. If they like do anything out of their way to like help me, I'm like, well, whatever. I don't know why are you doing that. I don't get it. What's your angle? Like, it's still like, (laughs) like the they're just like on different levels. It does not compute. I don't understand why this is happening it happened to me and it happens with such basic things and most people would be like well yeah duh like i had that job with the secure festival security company Mm -hmm. and after a couple times of working as like a brain dead security guard at a gate they started giving me like leadership roles and making me the supervisor of events and i was just there like 20 years old (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> did i do something special i don't really understand like, well he drove happening. all the way from texas yeah. he made it here so like, clearly he's got some idea of- why are you doing this and they just it just kept happening and they're like oh we want you to be on this and this and this and am yeah. I'm, I'm getting paid 12 an hour and i'm like wow i'm really doing well and <laughs> these people Moving must really see something in me yeah yeah it's and what a cool experience know, it's, it's just it's just weird when people look at you and be like yes because i it makes me doubt myself mm-hmm. if they looked at me and said no 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 never mind then i'd be like that seems about right
2: good eye there partner <laughs> wow you're, you're <laughs> well it's, it's not even just that but it's like it's like uh where i can get lost is if someone does say like yeah i want you for this or like yes you did this thing right it's like shit that means it's good enough. Like I was looking for constructive criticism or some kind of feedback to get better, but by them saying that it's acceptable as is, Mm. do I not have to do anything else to it? Like is it actually good enough? Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah. it's like um, often if if somebody tells me like, wow, you're really
1: good at this. It happens to me all the time at work. Somebody says, or I just get an anecdote from like a coworker where I'm like, (coughs) one of my friends said you're amazing at your job. And now for the rest of my shift, I'm like, wow. I got something to live up to now (laughs) (laughs) I must have been in a really good mood that day yeah because
2: for me it's 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 music right like someone will hear something one of our songs and they'll they'll have an actual genuine compliment there's no angle they're not like they're not trying to do you know Mm -hmm. they're not trying to get something from me they're just like hey that one song I could like I literally couldn't stop thinking about it today Mm -hmm. I've listened to it like eight times it's like (laughs) uh, like,
1: <laughs> uh, well, I don't know what to tell well, you. Well, I think it could be better. I think, like, you know, the second chorus, Which like, we so, kind of missed you
2: a few notes. Can't and it's just, say that because yeah. that is not only is that just like <laughs> uh-huh. that's not. I see. I, I struggle with that so much because I, I don't I'll want to that. I don't. Yeah. It 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 detracts from their opinion, well, right? You're you're saying that their opinion is wrong by by saying things about like your that. own about yeah. your own stuff. So you have to just you just have to eat it. You just have to be like, thank you. You just have to accept. Uh,
1: if somebody comes up and says that what you consider to be your worst song is great, you're like, that fucking happens too. Yeah. Thanks, I,
2: don't, I guess. I don't understand.
0: <laughs> what do you, like, what's, yeah. or, or you would just be like some asshole musician and they're just like, hey, I really love, like, this song. And you're like, no. yeah, <laughs> uh, that's, like our, that's,
1: that's our least favorite. Yeah. We
0: try to avoid that
1: one. So we're not going to play that one again. Just. Okay, listen to this one instead. <laughs> and they're like, "I don't like that one." And you're like, "You're wrong." <laughs> <laughs> you're wrong. But you, you made them. Please don't listen mm, to yeah. us anymore. I didn't make that one on purpose, we're, right? we're
2: unsubscribing from you. i <laughs> Actually, yeah. I, love you. I so I, it happened. It, this is I guess the point of like, I saw myself in somebody. I I was it was after their show, but it was Smile had played at Barracuda outside with a giant dog and we've been recording with Jake Miles, the lead singer, and so um, me, Hart, Natalie, Dylan, a bunch of other people, we were all, <clears throat> we, we kind of just hanging out, saw him, and then went over and said what's up, and uh, we're we, we're familiar enough with the music that we could identify songs, but they played a few new ones, so I just wanted to point them out, like, hey, those songs that you played, you know, this one called Mother or whatever, this one called whatever, those were really cool, I really liked the guitar part in that, or I really liked the harmony, and, he was just like really like those are the ones i was most concerned about and he's like oh thanks for the feedback you know like he seemed to take it genuinely at face value but it was also just like he he didn't expect it it wasn't what he, it wasn't didn't i didn't align with his expectations of his own music and I'm just like that's really interesting like we're hearing this differently.
0: it's i've seen uh there's a lot of that too in architecture since there's a lot of subjective opinions about things and you you might have like a room full of like architecture students and someone puts up a project like people would put up projects in in grad school and you'd have like part of the class would be like oh my god like this person gets it like this is amazing the way that they did this this and this and then there'd be like group of people and they're like no (laughs) like no i just don't get it like you know they just had different they like different styles they had different opinions on things and But going through the whole process, you have to learn because you're going to encounter people that like your stuff, like professors or other students or in the professional world, clients and, you know, your boss or whatever that like certain ideas that you do or that don't like certain things or they're coming at it from different angles. And so it just being like really good with trying to be constructive with your criticism and then also be able to receive criticisms as well. Yeah,
1: that's that's with anything. If you're producing something. Yeah, the. They say you have to have a thick skin, right? Like, you're not going to please everyone, ever. Right. Never will you get every person on Earth to say, good enough. That's yeah. when you should Four truly stars. be suspicious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just not going to happen unless, yeah, you're like a little kid doing a drawing of an elephant. You probably won't get a lot of people being like, that's shit. <laughs> yeah yeah have you uh, what seen a, yeah. an elephant what the fuck are you doing over here johnny and mm-hmm. it's but even knowing that being very aware of that even applying it like in your own life like like trying to look at it from your perspective of things you don't like that your friends do like even understanding a real world perspective of it something you produce being criticized fucking needles your heart in a way that nothing else does. Just like, oh stop. Like mm. or even worse, like showing something to somebody I and mean, being like, look what I did. And they're like Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. So about that other thing. And you're just like <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you heard it right? Were <laughs> you, you like, did you look at it at this angle? I'm just I'm just making sure. It's
0: Yeah, I'm sure it's <laughs> I, Yeah, I'm sure. Like it's difficult on a team too. Like I imagine, like being a musician in a band, right? Like some somebody is like, we need to do, we should do this kind of thing right here with the guitar, and then everyone else is like, no. And maybe that one person has more sway, and it ends up being in there anyways, and then the rest of everybody's just like, well, I, I, I don't know, because we we have that in a project that I'm working on now, and we basically got overrode on one design through this this critical spot in the project and is it still going to function and everything's going to be fine yeah but it's just you know it's this one uh well basically the team the idea got put up it got shot down by our leader or whatever and then it's gonna go out that way and we're all just gonna be like well it's not gonna be as good as it could have been i guess but so everyone
1: is in agreement except for the person in charge yeah you're saying
0: yeah
2: yeah that sounds familiar yeah (laughs) yeah
0: it's it's interesting i mean it's like i, I equate it to being i mean it, when you have the finalized product right like you're gonna have the, the group those well, people that did, are just like ah.
1: was there money saved by cutting out no. whatever it was no it's purely aesthetic <laughs> purely
0: aesthetic <laughs> yeah. actually it might have been a little bit cheaper to go with the the popular one that uh-huh. did not we're not going with So
2: this this seems like an open wound. This seems like a very recent. Oh man, I fought so many battles on this.
0: It was over. Okay, so it was over a steel truss through the main, like forum, uh, like library cafeteria, like this giant open space where everyone's going to be. It's it's like the the core of the building, the center, the soul of the building, and it's got these giant black steel trusses with this rolled arch in the middle, and they look. Mm -hmm. And we kind of, as a group, my peers and I on the team came up with the idea for this other shape that's, like, much more minimal. And then we were going to paint it white, and it was going to fade away into the ceiling. and It was just going to, like, not be there, really. And it's like, nope, we're going with these giant black industrial-looking trusses rather than these things that are going to fade away. And so it just changes the feel of the space, oddly enough. Like, it's one thing that most people would probably – if you could walk into space a and it was one way and walk into space b and it's the other way just build two buildings
2: and then crowdsource (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. but but you're right
1: uh maybe some people will like the weird black steel trusses though i mean if you consider it like like a piece of art which it kind of is because i mean it's being produced it's like creatively designed whatever i mean you look at any sort of uh, uh artist that's sort of like revolutionized whatever the medium that they have chosen is so in this case architecture like i'm positive like who's the most famous architect you can think of frank lloyd right okay there you go people looked at his design i'm sure some asshole and was like dude this looks like shit are you serious nobody does this and yet he did it because he's frank lloyd Wright, and everyone's like wow this is cool yeah
0: yeah i mean i but that's—it's <laughs> yeah. interesting now in hindsight because he's so well. Because regarded. he's successful. Yeah. Exactly. Because he's
1: Frank Lloyd Wright. Now, whatever he does, people are like, "Ooh, well, you know you've know better than me." Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah
0: I'm life. sure he. <laughs> would, no, he, oh, okay. he died in the late 50s, early 60s. Okay. But yeah, he was—he was very much ahead of his time. So I'm sure he ruffled a lot of feathers. That's the thing with uh, with I
2: mean, that's you could take that principle and then it, and apply it to all art, though, right? Like, mm-hmm. or not even just art, but. Mm-hmm. Processes that exist anything that's been changed was changed by someone who is like uh, uh uh neuro different or whatever like they 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 maybe they had asperger's you know maybe they mm-hmm. uh maybe they had a weird childhood maybe there's something wrong with them whatever but like yeah. there it's usually the people that are like off in yeah. one way, but, in, but, yeah, well, but I would not say yeah. that my boss is. I'm not sure about that in yeah. that same league. no, no, no. maybe, but, yeah, I, but I, I do understand that... what you're saying. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the greater yeah, yeah, point Yeah, yeah. 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 I yeah. forgot yeah. that we were rounding this back to your boss. Yeah. I don't well, know. we don't it's have
1: to
0: round it back. Yeah. But it, it, are you saying, that, Richie, that, that the wound is festering yeah. with with him also in the same sentences <laughs> Does he listen to this podcast? We'll see.
1: I don't think so. I think that most processes for any sort of Like, let's just say recording music, architecture, whatever. Just something that has, like, a basic uh, structure of, like, this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. Now, you ask, why do you do this instead of that? Why is it in this order? And a lot of times there's probably a pretty concrete answer as to why you do it whatever Mm -hmm. way. But sometimes, and maybe even a lot of the time, I think the answer is, well, that's just the way it's done. Yeah. Which is something that I've encountered at work or just wherever like hey why do we do it this way and the answer is well that's the way that you do it and you think well can't i do it and they're like no you got to do it this way because this is the way it's done Mm -hmm. and in that way sort of breaking out of that maybe you'll be wildly unsuccessful and you'll be like oh that's why it's done that way Uh instantly you'll fail yeah (laughs) but any sort of revolutionary artist an artist that that sort of and that's what artists are trying to do right sort of break the mold sort of like become identified in a sea of people trying to get recognized for sure yeah. so they're trying to do something different but um yeah
2: i mean but sometimes when you do something different it's you difficult. know 20 years later they make an HBO show called Chernobyl about it because it was such a catastrophe like i mean i it just it depends <laughs> really on what what you're trying to do and 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 how different you make it that's all it is
1: maybe don't try a lot of creativity in nuclear power plants (laughs) maybe let the science
0: do that one for you yeah the real catastrophe from that show was representing russian accents with british ones jesus fucking christ i mean i get it but it was like (sighs)
2: why is everyone in russia british british like what happened did i miss a war we just didn't want to do subtitles
0: or stereotypical russian accents so. did, you, did
2: you know that in game of thrones they let
1: all the actors are british with the exception of um some of the like characters from essos like cal drogo who doesn't really speak mm-hmm. or uh, Tyrion is the only like main actor who's american but each character who is from the uk which is basically all of them Sophie was right, Sophie Turner was she? right yep she yeah. is, she's English she is oh. but they were each allowed to speak with their own dialect so in their own accent meaning like Rob Stark for example he speaks in a Scottish accent um, <laughs> some of them, the actors from London speak in whatever they're they just or right. SX, yeah. and mm-hmm. from us the people that are digesting it as Americans are just like yeah they're all English accents Mm-hmm. like they're all kind of talking the same so it makes sense yeah right but for people that understand that there are different dialects in the uk they're like why is rob stark <laughs> scottish
0: yeah <laughs> that's so funny yeah. it then, would be interesting yeah. to do it again it's like it's like a texas accent for you know well do you like think a, that a, you could identify Alabama.
1: a texas accent versus a Alabama accent yes or like a Maybe a Western accent. I don't know. I'm not sure It'd if be I could. Like a Midwestern.
2: It depends on the the part of Texas. Because like if you get into East Texas, it starts rubbing like elbows with Louisiana and like kind of yeah, Cajun style, like
0: a Cajun French.
1: Yeah,
2: you, you start getting some of that. But yeah,
1: I think so. I think, Do you think you could tell a Bostonian accent from a New York accent, from a Philadelphian accent, from a accent from Toronto? Oh, I can definitely tell Boston because I don't,
0: I
2: don't think that I
1: could. I think yeah.
0: I think people that are professional and like language and that dude who does sp- the, the, the speech the and stuff like youtube that videos
2: breaking down all the accents of everyone on shows and movies and stuff
1: yeah yeah that's interesting to me
0: fred uh, fred armiston could he has he i've seen like a bit where he does different accents and everything i mean it's a joke but yeah him he and, seems pretty confident that he can do
2: him and bill Hader probably would have a field day yeah that's hilarious, though, thinking about people watching Game of Thrones across the sea and just being like,
1: the fuck?
2: Well, <laughs> also, they say that Tyrion's British accent is not good.
1: Like, it's painfully, oh, like, obvious that he's an American doing a British accent. That's so crazy. His the accent's good. so interesting to me. Hmm. Because it seems to me like, yeah, that's a British accent right yeah. there, but that's so it. So
0: the majority yeah. of the petitions to redo <laughs> season eight were probably from the <laughs> It's probably from overseas. They're like, yeah. not only are their accents atrocious, but the final season's just yeah. garbage. Well, while y'all are at it, can you just do season
2: one through eight again? And <laughs> just overdub them with just try new again. voices. Why well, I
1: not just, to just redo one through four and then start fresh starting there. And do it better. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Maybe Actually, you know what? Season Actually, I'd say season five was eh. Okay, it was fine. Season six was also... Fine, but I think se- season six had really good individual episodes. Like which, which one was six? Where, where about was that? Six finished with my favorite, personal favorite episode, "The Winds of Winter," which is the episode where Cersei um destroyed the Sept of yeah. with Yeah, Terrell in it. Yeah. So this was the very beginning of going ahead of the
2: books because that didn't happen in the books.
1: Okay. Just yet, and
2: who knows if it will? We'll see. But I think that episode was the last good episode. It was the Battle of the Bastards was also in season six? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree then. Which was, I mean, once I've, I'm not a
1: big fan of the Battle of the Bastards. It's fine, but it's oh, a great. It's kind of
2: dumb. It's a great war scene, or se- set of war scenes. I mean, the whole the whole Rickon thing was kind of dumb, but I yeah.
1: The Rickon thing, just like <laughs> Jon Snow immediately abandoning the battle plan. Yeah. Like the. Just basically everything about it. Sansa saving the day with the Knights of the Vale somehow riding all the way across the entire world. I mean, that's the most
2: Tolkien-esque thing they could have like, done. It
1: was like 2,500 miles away in the Game of Thrones. Like, yeah. yeah. That's like, the north is huge. Anyway, I mean, beyond any of that, the battle scene you right was cool and it was entertaining. Yeah. 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 But I think that episode for me was the last good one. The sixth episode, the last episode of season six. Yeah. Season seven and season eight. Actual trash. Throw yeah. it in the garbage. It's
2: really, really odd how it could have made it past the writers' room. I really don't understand.
0: It was even stranger because for me, I binged it all. Yeah, within oh. within a few months. Oh, that so, must have been so alien so to experience. You, so, because you guys watched them as they were coming out throughout the years, and so you're anticipating the next season, and you know it, it carries a lot more weight when you can just watch them all outright, and you're going through them, and you're like, "Oh, okay, that's that's that uh, that you like." Yeah, seasons two through six, there's a pretty good stride in there. Like it really picks up, and you're really invested. And and then yeah, like yeah, you get into seven, and you're like, what the fuck?
1: you start riding like, a dragon from Castle Black to Dragonstone, back to Castle Black, north of the Wall, yeah, back to yeah. Castle were Black, you, back to Dragonstone in like the space of a few days. Were you following
2: yeah. that part of it? The the geographical errors that they were making.
0: Uh, maybe I mean, it,
2: it's it's so crazy how on a dime it just starts happening. they just start disregarding the maps completely and just like people start Basically, phase shifting.
1: Everyone makes really poor decisions. Suddenly, Tyrion's <clears throat> just a dumb. Oh yeah, dude! Yeah,
2: what the fuck? Yeah. Just oh, like yeah, talking about this is making yeah. me angry it's, again. It's yeah. the, the,
0: it was just it wasn't it wasn't even like it was so out of character. Uh, it wasn't strategic. It was it's like all the things were wrong with that
2: it. Literally, that yeah, you could not justify his behavior in any sense. Not even one aspect. Purely, of it.
0: like they only did it just to be like, "Fuck you, what the, viewers?" Like the creator, it was spiked
1: the scene where Den- in season yeah, eight, I know what you're seeing. the scene where Daenerys is sailing south with her dragon and Euron, and the entire Iron Island fleet, the entire I- Iron fleet is just waiting for him there. So they did literally no scouting. They, she has a dragon. She can fly high in the sky and go yeah. ahead and look for things. Yeah. They didn't send any forward party. They, mar- they moved their entire army all at the same time yeah. via ship during a war in which they knew they were underpowered navally compared to their
3: a- opponent. Yeah.
1: And, the, and to explain it, the, the co-creators of the show said, oh, well, Daenerys kind of forgot about Euron and the Iron Fleet. Lol. And I'm just like...
3: <sighs> 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 I,
1: mean, I mean, that's a meme now they kind of forgot about the coffee cup too yeah. and the water bottle and oh yeah and they, dude they, that's yeah and they kind uh... of they kind of forgot Daenerys's like entire character arc and or Jamie's too they kind of forgot they that kind Jaime of forgot. Had that, yeah they kind of forgot where Jamie was in his character arc <laughs> it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what uh, they kind of forgot to make any sort of di- their plan was to capture a zombie and bring the zombie 4000 miles south to the capital to talk to a woman that had literally never done anything to entertain you know yeah, Rationality cha- or, sides or, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. who had been told many times by many people of like dependable people that this was happening in the north and basically said I don't care fuck y'all I'm gonna kill yeah. y'all anyway so what we're gonna do is we're gonna show her a zombie in a box and it's gonna change her mind <laughs> yep and once she sees that I'm sure she'll come to our side
2: <laughs> yeah it was. It was only an excuse for a reunion episode. That's all it was. It was just to get everyone in the same spot.
0: Well, and, and it was also because they lost one of the dragons too, and now it's on the Ice about, King's side. No, they lost the no, dragon the, during that.
1: During the expedition north, that's with when Dro Seven Naga got killed. Seven people.
0: Right. What I'm saying, they said, like, we're going to go north them, with seven them people. Them going to get the. <laughs> Wasn't that them to go? Going they're going to capture yeah. the, tap- the gonna, white, and yeah. they and so they lose one of the dragons during. And, yeah. yeah,
1: they lose the dragon, and they and then it becomes well, a reunion. It's, it's and... a trade because the ice team gets the dragon, and the fire team gets the zombie. Yeah, in a cap a yeah. captured zombie. What a trade! Very cool. all right ride this zombie I mean, into like, battle. could just. Yeah. How about the scene where Bran becomes king? Where just like they're all talking about it, and then <sighs> and someone's like, "Bran should be king," and everyone's like, "All right, cool."
2: We done? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Brand as a character. Yeah. How it was oh such a lead in that you know he was gonna be the savior and that he was just gonna be so important. And then during the battle where all the zombies attack Winterfell, he literally just sits there. That's what he does. <laughs> He's just like,
0: what up? Yeah. Imagine being the king of this giant castle with thousands and thousands of stairs. <laughs> Well, he's, and he's, you're in a goddamn wheelchair. He's
2: he's
1: the three-eyed raven. Plus, you don't think that he, at the kingdom he, probably has enough money to make it ADA accessible. Yeah, with like he's
2: those chairs that go along this,
1: he's like, just the. Just like, imagine constantly riding these things. Not, not
2: anymore. Not since they uh, got it burnt down by fucking Daenerys losing her mind for no reason.
1: Oh right, 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 right. right. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I kind of forgot that. that I happened. kind of
2: forgot that she lost her mind. Ah, uh, anyways.
0: Just burn it all. Torch him down. Dude. So bad. I was like, well, I'm glad I decided to binge it, and Maybe. I can just be done with this shit, because I would be so pissed if I had, had to actually wait like oh, you guys uh, how did. about yeah. the scene?
1: By the way, an episode I actually kind of liked, The Field of Fire, where um, the I battle, know. the battle scene where the dragon is finally employed in battle yeah, where, yeah, yeah, with yeah. the Lannister caravan, the mm-hmm. yeah, yep, Jaime's yep, there, yep, 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 yep. and the Dothraki, they say, like, what's that noise? And it's, like, very cinematic, very cool, sort of, like, gets your blood pumping watching the Dothraki come over the hill and the mm-hmm. big dragon flying through the clouds. Pretty dope, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Jamie and Braun fall in the lake, and they're just like, I guess they're gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, they're, they're probably, they're probably right. dead. The, yeah. Right, because, because the dragon's sitting Let there drinking leave. water, this is right? the enemy commander here. He just sort of fell in the shallow water there. But <laughs> I'm sure he'll drown.
2: <laughs>
1: just he's, go. He's wearing all that armor. Yeah. He's going to sink to the bottom. Yeah, there's yeah. no chance that those two are surviving. So we're going to get out of here.
2: Oh, my God. I actually I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Yeah. Then they
1: just swim like 100 yards away and come up on the shore on their side, and they're like, cool
2: later yeah we're out we're the only two survivors by the way the
1: two commanders
2: yep (laughs) it was like going from a six lane highway in seasons one through four to like a country back road for the last like three seasons Mm -hmm. like in terms of the plots in terms of subplots in terms of characters in terms of the writing like even the writing itself even the dialogue the dialogue was fucking terrible what yeah like the how did it it opened up Season eight opened up with with Tyrion and Varys in a in a wagon, mm-hmm. right, going through town, mm-hmm. and he, he like makes a ball joke or something. Like he makes like a dick joke again to Varys, and yeah. it's just like, how many dick jokes is it gonna take for us like to not hear this ever again? To have Tyrion say something that's actually intelligent. And how about after eight seasons of survival,
1: Varys just gets <laughs> fucking murked because of some mistake Tyrion made. <sighs> like he doesn't even try to save him or anything.
0: Their whole game, <laughs> yeah. their whole game is, is operating in the shadows and, and being strategic and everything. Maybe, and then he's yeah. just like, ah, just fuck it. Maybe the last,
1: the last part of the season is like an allegory for like a boss that is misguided. Like Daenerys is like your boss that has all the wrong ideas. And you're trying to like sort of like be gentle about pushing her in the right direction. But she continues to make the wrong decisions because she holds all the power. Maybe it's an allegory for like the current presidency.
0: Yes, Game of Thrones is That's an allegory. That's the best fan theory like, I've heard so far. So, like a insane
1: person that's somehow put into a position of power.
2: Well, but doesn't that doesn't work out because she wasn't always insane, right? I don't know about that. I don't think we should talk about that. <laughs> uh
1: Yeah. I mean, she basically had weapons of mass destruction too. eerily similar. <laughs> uh, yeah. Her hand on the button. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Mm. And then Drogon just leaves, flies across the ocean. Yeah, he's like deuces. You Stabs, just, you, you just stabbed stab stab old girl, and I'm out. But later, I'm gonna take her body though. He does take her I'm body. Gonna carry her right. off
0: like she's like a little gerbil. Just.
1: Whoop. Well, the other dragon's dead too, right? Doesn't. Yeah. It? So Drogon can't reproduce. Were they it, even clear with that that's one? That's like not Drogon though, right? It's, it's Drogon. Who was the one that got killed?
2: by the uh the white walker
1: by the, the king the white walker i believe um uh killed viserion the green yeah walker, and then regal was the one that was killed by euron was it it could be vice versa i'm not no no, no you're sure. you're right that's right and then uh
2: drogon the main one survives mm-hmm. so that so whatever i don't we can stop talking about this i'm angry this has ruined my day. Sorry. No. <laughs> hey, at least you got Clegane Bowl, am I right? Uh, for the memes. It was kind of fun, I guess. The mountain was pretty strong. It's cool that uh, the guy who played Oberyn is the guy from Mandalorian now. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I was when the show
1: that. was still good, when he was in the show. I'm sh- yeah. positive that actor is like... Whoo. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Glad <laughs> they ripped my... Skull apart
0: or Thank whatever, God I dude. Died. Like crushed, crushed his skull or that whatever. That scene was fucking brutal. What was it? It was thumbs through the eyes, and the, he just like, and he literally just cr- crushed. He, yeah, he his breaks skull. the
2: skull from inside the, the eye socket with his hands. Have oh, y'all man. seen? Um, speaking that was of radical, like
1: brutality on screen, have y'all seen that? The Amazon <clears throat> original. Everyone was talking about a few months ago. The Boys. No. Mm-hmm. One of the best shows I've ever seen. The Boys. The Boys. It's called the boys it's an amazon original based on um a comic a graphic novel of the same name it uh it basically explores what it would be like if superheroes actually existed in the world that we live in now
0: Mm. i've Uh, seen it i've seen a trailer for it
1: yeah i mean it's it's incredible it's one of the best shows i've ever seen i loved every second of it but it's like In this world of social media and like advertisements and and, uh, what would it be like if like Superman was real and he wasn't like also altruistic basically explores that idea somebody with absolute power over the entire world
0: (laughs) just living living living, yeah
1: in the society that we live in now
2: and what that would mean so is he is well should I not ask too many questions should I just go watch it but I was gonna ask if he I, is it there's clear a that he is not righteous? Is it clear that he is just a human? Like he's just no, not just a human. He's just his morals aren't completely one-sided. You should watch it for sure. I mean, okay. he's, there's not just
1: one superhero. There's a lot of them. They're called supers. Okay. Uh, supers.
0: It's,
1: yeah, it's got um, the actor that played Aomer in Lord of the Rings. He plays one of the leads. From Rohan? Yep. Nice. Uh, I can't can't quite think of his name off the top of my head. He
2: was also in Riddick, right? Chronicles of Riddick.
1: And he was in uh, the Marvel universe. He was in.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He was on uh, um, Thor's planet. Yep. He was the gatekeeper guy. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. That's right.
1: <laughs> it's. Yeah, uh, the reason I bring it up anyway is because it's hyper violent. Like the violence on screen is like. Extreme. Wow. Well beyond that I mean that's not
2: I'm not like watching it because right of, that's not yeah it's not you're not fetishizing it but they because def- it's so I ho- yeah
1: I wouldn't say they fetishize it either they don't like focus on it on purpose it's just like a byproduct of the universe that the story exists in. if you haven't watched they definitely the- don't shy away from it
2: yeah if you haven't watched The Witcher you probably should give it a shot it's also pretty hyper violent <laughs> but um it- I was really surprised at how good it is There, there are some pitfalls the writings not super great but it's it's good enough and it's not predictable enough or it's it's unpredictable enough for me um to keep going through but it's also like a monster of the week it's like every single yeah. episode is mm-hmm. almost there is a continuous plot but every single episode is like supernaturalized and yeah it's got it's like its own thing yeah um which Sco- was cool. scooby-doo <laughs> yeah kind of yeah scooby-doo but the scooby's got a huge ass sword Watchmen
1: was really good too similar uh the boys in that it's a universe where an actual super being exists in the real world an alternate real world from
2: this one but wait so who's definitely worth watching is it mr man dr manhattan or whatever is he the super being
1: in the Watchmen universe yes there's only one character that has actual supernatural ability right and it's dr manhattan who's literally god yeah but sort of like a limited god because of the way he experiences time is interesting for sure
2: are the mechanics for him pretty similar to that of the movie
1: mm, yeah I mean he's he's the same character but okay. the idea of with dr. Manhattan is that he experiences time uh, all at once so he is simultaneously experiencing every moment that's ever happened to him yeah it's very
2: mm-hmm. it's very slaughterhouse five
1: so in that way he can't influence the past or future he can only live out the timeline that he's already aware of. So he knows wh- his death. Mm-hmm. He understands everything that happens that he ever experiences. And it appears to us like being around him, experiencing time as we do linearly, where I'm like, if I move this cup to the left, then I basically change time, right? And once you start thinking about it, it really doesn't make any sense. Honestly, I, Like it's hard to compute. But he... <laughs> is god he can do anything he has absolute power but he already knows everything that's ever happened so he is a slave
2: to the timeline yeah in which he exists he's he's he is omnisciently aware of time but he's also a slave to its foundation because
1: he can't change it yeah so he like
2: there's a scene there's a really really
1: (laughs) really interesting episode when uh I mean, this is kind of a spoiler because yeah, he's, yeah. he's Don't don't no, yeah. don't tell me. Don't tell me. I'm, I'll watch it. Uh, oh. he's in the show, but it's not clear that he's in the show until real late in the season. Maybe I shouldn't have even said that. Nah, but like he's an important part of the Watchmen universe. Yeah. Hmm. He says stuff like I love you to characters and they're like, I don't even know you. And he's <laughs> like, well, I haven't I haven't fallen in love with you yet, but I will. And they're like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he's nice. Like,
2: Sorry, bitch.
0: Starting off on a on a on a good note there.
2: Wouldn't it be funny if there was a character who was omniscient, but they said things like "sorry, bitch," I'm sure They're their husband. Like, they just didn't give a fuck because they know everything. It's like okay, just yeah.
0: apologize for something five years in advance. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry about uh, your car. What? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> this counts. For when that happens, though. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm going to preface it.
1: It might help you to relax, though, if you have anxiety, knowing every moment that will happen to you in the future. Where you just, like, chill with it because you're like...
0: Or it just gives you the most intense anxiety. Say, sorry, Mom, you're about to die. And she's like, what? Boom, hit by a train.
1: I've been (laughs) dealing with it for the past ten years. Mom (laughs) Shouldn't have been
0: standing on those tracks.
1: Yeah. I think that we, as... Uh, limited humans are blessed by our inability to see the future.
2: Probably. That sounds like a nightmare. Knowing everything?
1: Doesn't it? It
0: really does. Isn't that yeah. the direction we're going, though? I don't, With I like, mean, all the data collection and everything? There's a really
2: interesting book that I read that Dylan turned me on to by Dan Simmons called Hyperion. I don't know if y'all have heard of it or are aware, but Basically, it's in the future, a few hundred years, and humanity has um, not only well, it's, it's bisected, but then there's also the AIs. And there are these there are these people called the the Outlanders or some shit. Um, they are now basically human mechanized race that no longer they have to use like their their spines in the way they've been living in zero gravity for so long that mm-hmm. they cannot hold up their own weight. So they have these mechanized suits anytime they're on a, like a gravity or a planet with a gravitational force Mm -hmm. completely separate from the humans that still exist as we do. They look like us, they sound like us, they talk like us, but they've created this thing called the hegemony that is part of a web of systems uh, of different planets that have portals that you can just like far cast to different places like that. Like there are houses that have portals that different rooms of your house will be in a different planet. So you could have a 30 room house, which one of the characters does. Mm -hmm. um, And, it's on 30 planets. It's really cool. Hmm. Anyways, um, so the AI, uh, they have their own society and have seceded from humanity long ago after they gained um, sentience and decided to do their own thing completely. But they still consult with the humans. They'll still help them like with predictions and uh, just like calculating things. But what they've been doing on their own terms has been... Uh, simulating different uh, scenarios on planets like they recreated old earth earth had died at this point but they recreated old earth and a bunch of old humans like these poets and these uh, uh, these authors and writers and uh, whatever and they've put them in their old like cities and stuff and just like put just watch them and they're called cyberids they're actually AI mm-hmm. but they're in human you know, it's their DNA, it's everything, but there's just like a chip in their brain that is, connects them to the web of thought or whatever. Anyways, all this is happening, but they're, the, the project is all to gain this super elevated high level of intelligence where they can predict everything in the universe. The whole idea is so that nothing will go unpredicted from now on, ever everything will be able to be calculated into a formula. They'll use algorithms to know exactly when everything's gonna end, or what big uh, war is gonna happen, or if there's gonna be a famine on some random planet, they'll know everything, mm. because everything is predictable. However, the, the whole a set of books is surrounding this one planet called Hyperion that has these things called the time tombs, uh, and this creature called the Shrike, and that is the, the one variable of unpredictability that they can't account for. And so they're just obsessed with it and they're trying to figure it out. It's really cool. Hmm. But um, there's like well, there, this whole like simulation theory. I mean, you are familiar with that?
1: Or
3: yeah,
2: I've, I've had people talk to me
1: about it. I can't really wrap my head around it as it, I haven't done a lot of research. But. It's,
2: it seems like <clears throat> from what I've heard, it's impossible because it would take a computer greater than the size of the universe to simulate the universe. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about.
1: There's lots, yeah, just, of, yeah, there's lots of stuff in actual science that's crazy to think about. I mean, the simulation theory is based in science, I would assume. Michio so have ever,
2: Kaku. Have
1: you ever watched um, Carl Sagan's quick video about the fourth dimension? Yeah, Yeah, we've
2: talked about this.
1: That's science. Like... He's not making it up. He's not he's speculating a little, like he's theorizing, but
2: I really, it's, yeah, that- it's
1: completely opaque to me. I can't, my brain is just like, nope, that's not real. <laughs> because all moments of my existence point to the contrary. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, but I feel like that about most high-level science that's explained to me. Even basic stuff like time dilation at the speed of light. Just like, that doesn't make... That can't be real. It can't, right? If I'm in a train moving the speed of light and I'm... From your point of view, I move for 80 years and I get out of the train and I'm the same age and you're 80 years older. That's just like, that's not real. That's fantasy. Yeah. But it's based on science. That's, it's mathematical. Uh, it's.
2: There's uh, uh, this, this guy named Matt O'Dowd. Who runs the PBS Space Time um, YouTube channel? Mm. Um, he he has a bunch of episodes that are isolated instances. I think they stem from questions, like viewer questions, uh, but he'll explain the mechanics of something as it pertains to space or time or just science in general. Like he talks about quantum stuff every now and then. But anyways, there was one specific question that he was answering was like it had to do with warp speeds and, and time. I think it probably stemmed from like Star Trek. But he was talking about how you would use if two spaceships were going from point A to point B and one of them was using some certain kind of warp speed and the other one was using this this uh, like the, the bending of like time where you punch a hole in it and then go through or whatever, you would actually get one of them to go, one of them would like pass the other one and then pass it again. And so like the, it, it, like you'd end up going backwards and then forwards again and then from the other one's perspective, that ship, if you were looking out the window, the ship that was passing it would look like it would it was going not only away from them behind them but also away from them ahead of them simultaneously. It was like that sounds fucking crazy <laughs> that doesn't like you said that sounds like fantasy that sounds like a science fiction novel but mathematically, you can prove that that's how you would interpret
3: mm-hmm. what
2: what is what is happening it's just like god how many of these little weird quirky things exist that we don't even know about that we haven't even figured out yet
3: yeah
1: but yeah that's your it's called frame of reference it's the if i'm in a spaceship i remember hearing, this is high school physics if i'm in a spaceship traveling the speed of light or even just traveling quickly whatever it doesn't have to be the speed of light just very fast and I have a baseball in my hand, and I throw it up and I throw it up and it comes down and I catch it. For, for my frame of reference, the baseball moved two feet, one foot up and one foot down. But if I'm moving past you and you're standing outside of the spaceship, I threw the baseball up and moved one foot up, and moved 900 feet forward <laughs> and then moved one foot back down, <laughs> because your frame of reference is different. So it moved 902 feet versus the two feet that I saw it move. And that's, that's like a really basic explanation of the same thing that you just sure yeah said, is it all depends on where you're looking from. Mm-hmm. But the not aging thing, that bothers me. <laughs> I don't know about that. The have seen in Interstellar. I mean, Interstellar is where they go to the planet and then the dude's been up there for 25 years. I'm just like, that just sounds unpleasant.
2: Yeah it does there there is some there, there's this weird anxiety ridden thing that happens whenever you break a mechanic of life like that for me like that idea is just like it makes i'm me, unsettled
1: it makes me feel really small yeah like we are cosmically
2: yeah. obviously
1: but it really makes you aware of it yeah. yeah you're like dude i've been in this spaceship alone for 25 years i'm like i hope you had Competitive Rocket League. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you pick Grand Champ by now. (laughs) Uh Oh, Oh, man. Because presumably you don't get good internet service in different galaxies. I
2: mean, I don't know what their competitive rates are, but it's probably pretty expensive. You know, you'd need fiber for sure.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure how you get that. That lag would
2: be unusable.
0: Yeah. That ping
1: yeah <laughs> sorry my, my my ping's at 50 trillion
2: <laughs> you're gonna have to wait 80 years for me to actually jump and get that ball <clears throat> um yeah uh you want you guys want to you guys want to end the episode seems like we've done a lot of talking have been here for
1: about an hour and a half talking yes. yeah it's been yeah been
2: good do you want to do you want to talk about uh I I think I've gotten your pulse on it, but it was last night, so my memory's a little dim. But uh, the the D&D episode that we might do? Uh Uh I think it's a great idea.
1: I think uh, I could probably convince a couple more people to do it if you want extra people. I
2: I think um, if you have some people in mind, that's cool. I think keeping it small and and tight would probably be better, just because we're not going to have a whole lot of time. Does Daniel play D&D? Daniel's never played D&D. Okay, so that actually might be good. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I did talk to Dylan last night for whatever re- reason about this, and he actually seemed pretty excited, and and volunteered himself too.
1: Well, he's yeah, he liked playing. Yeah, he, he was he was good at it too. Exactly he what he said. Had a lot of uh, interesting ideas as to how the party should proceed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but if we want to keep it just the three of us, I don't know. You're not DMing. No. You're so playing. that's the that's the thing I'm most excited about is uh our friend Chris Greiger mm-hmm. will actually be DMing. Um he'll he'll we've talked about it and I think what he's going to do is is cr- it basically create a one shot where we already have pre-rolled characters and mm-hmm. we're going on a very specific adventure we're doing. We'll have a goal. So we'll have a point A and point B mm-hmm. and the session will happen between those. Um that way we can keep it kind of concise and we could also like have room to goof around and
1: well, if it's going to be
2: anything like when we played,
1: the episode is going to be hours and hours long.
2: I mean, that's the thing is like maybe it'll <laughs> maybe maybe we can um not just do one session. It could be like if this is uh if it's really fun and if it actually sounds cool, it could be like we we started here, we ended here. Next time he's available, like we'll pick it up and try again.
3: Yeah,
1: I just I mean, yeah. It's very entertaining to play. Mhm. I assume it would be entertaining to listen to if that's something you're into.
2: Yeah, there there yeah. are there are D and D podcasts. Um, not that this should be one, but uh, the Binding of Isaac
1: uh, expansion could, should come very soon. Ooh, nice!
0: I'm trying to think. There was a game that I played last weekend. I forget what the name of it was. Oh man, and it was similar to dungeons and dragons
2: was it munchkin
0: no it wasn't munchkin it was uh was it
2: pathfinder
0: no so it was like off of a kickstarter and one of my buddies bought it oh and is
2: it gloom something gloom Um,
0: uh like fall of avalon tet so i think i want to start with a t or something i don't know but it was basically like there's these four characters and they have to go you know search this island after camelot the, the island of camelot or whatever and it's like after king arthur or whatever and there's these mythical you know all these different things whatever but it's it's it, it's not like it's basically you have to activate these um these spirits or whatever as you're navigating the map and then it lights up more cards and you place the cards down as you go um that describing okay. it well. I mean no, that's and, uh, that makes sense. Like you you have you have a deck of like diplomacy cards and you have a deck of like combat cards and you'll encounter different people and you
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um it's uh it's it is D&D but it's it is streamlined in a way that makes it really easy to play like yeah it's quickly. like accessible dnd yeah 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 exactly you don't um, have to like remember all the mechanics and stuff because everything's kind of written in yeah yeah i can't and, remember what it's called but i know exactly what you're talking yeah about. and
0: as you unlock the different cards it explains the areas to you and you still have like different actions you can do in those areas and, and you
2: also don't need a dm right that's the thing is like correct the, the you game have is like self it's yeah its you its have one
0: big like book and each card and then based on the different things that you do in those areas it has all of the pre-written right responses and everything well, i mean
2: if y'all are into playing games on the podcast and if people are into listening to us play games i'm i could do that it'd be fine it might be kind of harder for you to be remote and play like a board game yeah which is why i thought D and D might be a little bit easier yeah but um but yeah
1: Oh, shit, we could play Werewolf on the playlist on the, but actually that would be hard to not see the night. <laughs> exactly, face you'd have happening, to. Yeah, the you know, audience would need to be aware. Of there was the a visual
2: aspect to it. it would that almost, would actually, wouldn't that be funny? No, not funny. Wouldn't that be interesting to have the, like maybe we, do like a, it would be a video. We podcast. would have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. but 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 do like some kind of like extra episode where we had a camera set up on the side of the of the table and it watched us as we went through the night phase and saw all the switches and then watched us like try to hash it out and figure out who's who
0: or we would have to play it and you would have to have you'd have to go back and watch footage that way you could narrow it narrate it and just have it on the podcast maybe but like you're like you're narrating it over people playing it in yeah this might be more that sounds cluttered
2: but i'm just saying It would be interesting for the the audience member because they'd have more information than us.
1: Yeah, you know I mean, He's right you could do narration where you come on and say this is the basic setup of werewolf and then the night phase goes and You watch back a video of it, but you just say what's happening like uh, Nobody wakes up with the werewolves uh, I am now Richie. I'm waking up and I'm as the troublemaker swapping the cards of yeah But yeah. it would be easier to keep track of for, as a viewer if you could see it yeah. happening because you could uh you could even like get creative with it and do some video editing and have like notes on the screen where like remember that richie switched the cards
2: of blah and blah or that's season four when we get into vlogging yeah season three is (laughs) werewolf season three is uh i think the step we're taking is having people on the podcast other than, than us guests and stuff which uh, I don't actually. No one knows this, but but Jake Miles from Smile actually agreed to come on. I think me and um, Topher are gonna do a little uh, interview or whatever, just nice. kind of like conversation with him about Smile and Jake's awesome music stuff. He does a lot. He's a nice guy. So yeah, that, I think that's gonna be a, a cool step forward. And then season four, we can introduce the the visual aspect, maybe.
1: And then season five 3D video.
2: And then season six will just come to your living room.
1: We'll be just be rentable entertainers. <laughs> <laughs> but not strippers. Yeah. We'll sit with you at your yourself. table while you're eating and talk to you. And you'll <laughs> say, I'm eating. And I'll be
0: <laughs> What what are you having? What
1: are you having?
2: <laughs> yeah. Cool.
0: Mm. Cool.
1: I like it. That's a wrap.
2: Yeah all right till next time
1: <laughs> are we using the same intro oh no
2: we need new music